You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. You don't know a man until you drunk blood wine with him. Alan Seiler. Pithy comment here. And Veronica Daschle. <laughs> Hi. And we're back. And we're back. And Star Trek's back. Yes! I oh, it seems like it's been this, so long. <laughs> I, know, I made a joke to Franca this morning. The wilderness weeks are over. <laughs> <laughs> he did not say weeks. He said years. And I was like, I mean weeks. Yeah, but it uh, but seems like years. Yeah. We, we got new Star Trek again. Especially after last year when it was all, just about like a year of unbroken Trek. I know. This six weeks period, man, just seemed like eternity. <laughs> right. All right. Well, to kick off the episode, before we get into our discussion of the premiere of Strange New Worlds, uh, we had a voicemail on the Earth Station Trek hotline. Woohoo! Yeah. Yay! Hell! <laughs> Here we go. Well, you did ask for a call. This is a call in the worst way. I have 99th percentile attention deficit and forgot to tell you my name. This is Bill L. in Richmond, Virginia. I love every time I hear your theme tune coming up on my podcast app. Uh, I may never be able to catch up with all the Star Trek shows that are on and behind paywalls and streaming services. I've only seen one episode of Lower Decks and loved it. I've only seen one episode of Prodigy and loved it. Oh, well. Um I can tell you one very little story. Uh, some decades ago, I actually met James Doohan. He was in a little question-and-answer session in a hotel meeting room next to the Richmond airport. Um, and I had a paperback that I had just finished reading and loved. It was not science fiction. I said, like, here, something to read on your flight home. And he thanked me and I hope he enjoyed it, and I think he probably appreciated it. Oh, good. At least it wasn't just more science fiction. So it was nice meeting him. He was he was nice. Um, and I, I knew about him being in D-Day and then later being a pilot, uh, in a, flying a, a fighter bomber for the RAF or the RCAF. Uh, that always meant a lot to me because my dad was a fighter pilot. Well, take care. Bye. Well, All that's right. Really cool. Yay. Yeah. Thanks for calling in, thanks. Bill. Yeah. Thanks, thanks Bill. Bill. Sounds like you had a core breach going on there, Bill. Worried for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's thanks. cool meeting James Dewan and giving him a book. Yeah. 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 So and thanks, thanks anyone Bill, else. for setting a good example for all of our listeners. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I cut you off, Chuck. You do it. No, I was going to say the same thing. Like, if you want to call in and be part of the Earth Station Trek hotline, the number is 307 387 1701. And yeah, leave us a voicemail with a question of the week or your thoughts on the latest episode or uh, a time you met a Star Trek celebrity is a great idea. And, yeah, that uh, is a great idea. 
And Bill, I'm sure you know, but um, you mentioned you haven't been able to see some of the shows because of the paywall, which we absolutely understand. But, you know, every now and then they'll dump these shows on what CBS or YouTube or something like that. Mm-hmm. So right. make sure you it's keep an eye out. World season one is on YouTube right now. Yep. Yeah. Right. And yeah. they've been putting them out uh, periodically on Pluto as well, which is a f- free app. So mm-hmm. check, check those out. Look at look for those free options. So I think you'll enjoy all the new track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's get into the episode. Let's take a quick break if you're listening on the audio podcast and promote a fellow ESO Network podcast show. And then when we come back, we'll get into our discussion topic. So stay right there. I'm Drew Leiter. And I'm Cletus Jacobs. And we're inviting you to join us as we dwell into the dawn of the DC. We'll be reviewing new titles such as the Unstoppable Doom Patrol, Shazam, Green Lantern, Titans, Justice Society of America, and more. We'll also be reviewing DC Television's final season of The Flash, Titans, and Doom Patrol. Join us every week on the Earth Station DCU Podcast, part of the ESO Network. Okay, that was interesting. Man, it's been a while since we've had to do a spoiler warning. I know, yeah. Oh, I love hearing that again. (laughs) Okay, well, we're back. Sorry, that threw me off. That threw me off. Um, I'm telling you. Yeah, so we're back and talking about the season premiere of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. So what did everybody think? I thought it was good. Yeah, Yeah, it was good. A lot of it I liked. A couple things I didn't care for. A lot of it I liked. It felt... This is so funny. Michael Phillips, hey, Michael. Michael Phillips had said it was a very solid episode. And I 100% agree with that. And I, and that is not a negative. It felt like a really established world. It really did. You know, it, it, it felt like Trek. And that's actually a super compliment. Mm-hmm. Now, I, didn't feel like, I didn't feel like, oh, I'm looking at some new Trek. And I hate to say this, sometimes I felt that way about Discovery. You know, I'm, I'm kind of aware of, I don't know what it is, what they're trying to do. This felt like I was just in a world. That's mm-hmm. a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I enjoyed it. Um, I loved mm-hmm. getting off world. I loved seeing Klingons. Yeah, I love seeing, I love seeing an exploration of, of what Spock is going through. Mm-hmm. There's one weird thing though. And that is that, you know, we had like 30 seconds of Pike and Una and that was it. Right. <laughs> so Who yeah, that's that was a weird thrust for a first episode. I just have to say. <laughs> Alan, yeah. do you know, does anybody have a clue who she is that they kept? I was trying to put uh, search my memory for anybody that could be some legal person or something. They kept saying she. Um, any, anybody have any clue who Pike is going to get help? No, they with? haven't revealed that yet. It's no. I, I, I would expect that's going to come in the next episode. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I'm sure the next episode is going to be all about Pike and Una. Yeah, and I was thinking because if it were Kirk and he was looking for a lawyer, and if it was a she, it would be a, what's an, a, a real from court martial or hell, yeah, even yeah. even mm-hmm. Samuel T. Cogley, attorney at law, as a man. But yeah, I, I we don't know enough about Pike to even guess who she might be. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna hope it's somebody we don't know. Yeah. I think we've got plenty of like yeah. characters coming back already. Yeah, I, I don't need it to be Samuel T. Cogley or a real Shaw no. or no. anything like that. <laughs> I don't either, and I'm just afraid that's what it's going to be because that's what Strange New Worlds does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that very last scene, we'll talk about that definitely. But anyway, <laughs> so Veronica, yeah, what do like. you think of it? 
I, I, I liked the story this week. I do mm-hmm. not like what it seems like they're going to do with the season. In which way? It, with the Gorn. And oh. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of that. Well, you're talking to Keith, so he's... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to, yeah, I'll, have to, I'll have to talk about that ending. Yeah, I, I I agree. I was so excited for whatever that was gonna be, and then when they showed that, I was like, ah, crap. But yeah, you know it it really it just felt like a lived-in universe, which is surprising because it's only two. Se- you know, it's only its second season. It really did. They 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 feel comfortable together. Um, I uh, Charles, you're talking about new characters, even though we've seen Mabinga before. It's cool to have somebody that we don't know much about in which you can write something because what the yeah. heck was going on with Mabinga and that green liquid and that what's going on with him? Like, whoa. So yeah. the Hulk that, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Basically. <laughs> yeah. So I, I like to see some more of that. Um, Chapel, I've seen a lot of people online saying this is not tr- Chapel that from the original series. Um, Mabinga. Well, that is true. It's not me. because she's 10 yeah. years younger. Mm. Yeah. Um, Mabinga is, there's an interesting backstory going on here, whatever PTSD mm-hmm. he might have. The, also what I like about him is, um, the actor is a very controlled actor. He has a kind of a low key and a tight, um, he has a tight lipped way of speaking, but when he had that stuff in him, you saw something else was there. Like he could be mm-hmm. really dangerous and you wonder what's going on with that guy. Uh, she mm-hmm. almost had to stop him from killing somebody. So yeah. there's something else going on with him. Yeah. I will say I like this Mabinga story better than what they did in season one. Um, yeah. Even though, I mean, I remember when the, when Strange New Worlds was announced and Mbinga was announced as being on it and people were like, mm-hmm. how could he be the chief medical officer now? And he's not on the original series. Like, what did he get demoted? Is yeah. Why yeah. would he not be in that? But I mean, what we've seen of him so far over 11 episodes is he had his kid like hidden in a transporter and it keeps like super soldier serum in his backpack <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> i could see why he could run afoul of like right. hr at some point <laughs> hr yeah yeah i i could see him going back to vulcan to try to meditate after toward because they got to bring the other doctor on before mccoy um, yeah yeah Dr. Uh, maybe Boyce? i mean you could, really you could not boyce boyce is um with pike you're talking about P- dr piper dr piper right right um, but they can ignore Piper. I don't think you have to address Piper. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. So, Charles, what did you think of the episode? I mean, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was mind blowing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was. Uh, they made some. I mean, choices I don't necessarily think are bad, but you know, sidelining Anson Mount and Rebecca yeah. Romaine in the first episode is a little weird. Even though I like getting an episode that sort of excludes them and focuses more on the rest of the cast, but you'd expect that sort of mid season and not the premiere. Exactly. It does. And then, you know, it's it's just like in um, the last season or no, two seasons ago with Discovery, when they find themselves in the future, the first episode was focused a, a totally 100% on what's her name? Burnham. Burnham. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the second episode was all about the ship. Right. And then the two halves reconnect at the end. So this one is doing the same thing. It looks like. And yeah. but from the opposite way. So next week must be the Una story with Pike leading the charge to get her out. Yeah. Here's a here's some comments. Okay. Somebody on Facebook says that according to the trailer for next week's episode, the someone that is referred to as she is brand new. All right. That's oh, good, good news. 
That's Our buddy Dan Leckie says, since the final episode this season is called Hegemony, it wouldn't be surprising if the second season focus fi- finale is focused on the Gorn. Yeah. yeah, that's got. I mean, that's just going to be it. <laughs> yeah. He also says the drugs stuff reminded me of Enterprise season four when Archer temporarily had cranial cranial ridges. Okay. And. Presumably the same Facebook user says, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Boyce during the cage when, which was pre-discovery. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I hope we do see Boyce at some point, not as the CMO, but as, you know, we could be retired. You know, he's of that age already when he was on the the cage. He easily could, you know, be out golfing or something and Pike got to turn to him for some reason. Right. Golfing. (laughs) Or space golf. Space golf. I don't know what they do. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought this episode was good. I thought they, they burnt a lot of time at the beginning of the episode, um, before they got to the adventure. I mean, you're almost 20 minutes in before Mm. the adventure really gets started. It's a lot of hanging out at space dock and having conversations, which I don't mind, but just another thing that I thought was kind of a strange choice for a season premiere. I I really enjoyed Hura's, um, insistence that this is my station you do not touch my station. I am working at my station and you're just going to hold the heck on. Right. Until I get the backups online because I have work to do. Um, mm-hmm. as, some, as somebody who, who, somebody who works in it, uh, I actually have to agree with her and that guy should have known better. You don't ever tell anybody I'm just going to boot you or whatever. It's no, no. Deal. <laughs> you just no. don't do that. <laughs> right. That's a great way to like lose everything. <laughs> Right, exactly. So for people watching, um, let us know in the comments, wherever you're watching, what you thought of the episode Mm -hmm. and any questions you might have about the episode and if you liked it or not and all that stuff. Yeah. So, okay. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, let's get into Carol Kane. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. We're we're in sync. (laughs) She was amazing. Well, first of all, I was like, what in the heck is this? accent that she's doing <laughs> but it's they a, explained it so i'm fine with it it's a latin latinite something what, what, like that what, yeah whatever that is apparently there are very long-lived people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. almost immortal she said yeah i mean it's not unusual for carol kane to be doing a comedy accent you know oh, no <laughs> That's right in her wheelhouse. Oh, totally. I I thought she was great. She sort of lit up every scene that she was in. Yes. Oh, 100%. But you knew she would. I mean, that's just what she does. Right. She's so great. And I thought very TOS that you have these characters. Like She's a character who's essentially an immortal, not necessarily an immortal, but very long lived. Mm -hmm. And they look just like humans, uh, which fits right in with the original series time frame because mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of aliens look just like humans, <laughs> but um, also that like her reason for wanting to get into space is like the downside of being immortal is that you get bored. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I Slug love was like, because you lose those you love. And she's like, no, no you, no, everybody does that. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that was great. And I was, I was uh, kind of afraid, especially when the episode started with them saying, you know, that we are down this officer and this officer and we don't have a chief, chief engineer. engineer. I was like, oh, they're not going to do that same damn thing they did last year where him or basically for like three seconds, all they see is him walking onto the ship and that was it. Hmm. And you had to wait till the second episode to see any of actual Himmer. And I was like, they better not do that to Carol Kane. They did not. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, I like that she was just right in there. You know, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought she was good. I thought I, she's an intriguing character to add to the show. And I mean, I like that she adds a levity to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan says she's lanthanite, okay. which is a type of rock or mineral or something in reality. Interesting. Yeah, oh. I knew that, but I don't know how that goes with the name. Yeah, it's one of the yeah. rare earth elements. Oh, um, if I'm not mis- well. if I'm not mistaken. Um, I I did not like that she happened to know Spock's mother. That she said she came out to her. Right. Uh, of course she didn't. Yeah, I can't stand. You know, I I you know what I mean. I just I just hate where everybody's got to be connected to everybody. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know what the point of that is. Why does she have to know Spock's mother? I I just don't get that. Well, why can't she know Spock's mother? Well, it's not that she can't, but it's just my goodness. Everybody's connected to everybody. I I really consider that lazy writing. That's a personal thing. Well, right. Space just, is small. No, right. it's, it's big. <laughs> but Starfleet is small. Right? <laughs> Even it's big. <laughs> but but if, if you if you live basically immortality, space seems a lot smaller than just us, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess I could see it if she gets bored. Maybe she's like, hey, I hear about there's this human woman who moved Vulcan and married to Vulcan. I got to get to know her. I could see it. I could, maybe I could see it like that happening because okay. as far as we know, I think Amanda was the only, I think Amanda was the first human to marry Vulcan. I think. Uh, so I don't maybe, know. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. But I mean, hopefully it means that we'll get Amanda on the series. Or something. I would love to see that. Yeah. I know Keith wouldn't, but I would love to see that. <laughs> Well, it I would make care. sense because Spock's there. Can, so it's, it's a relative right. case. Exactly. I can take it or leave it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of Spock, what did you think about the... I Actually, it was funny. I watched the I watched the last episode of season one just to get in preparation. And it reminded me about the whole thing with the Gorn where Spock kind of had to let his emotions go. Uh, mm-hmm. He's lost his emotional control. So what did y'all think about the emotional Spock, especially the one who was tearing up at the end? It sounds like uh, a leading question, but what did you yeah, think I, I struggle a little with this Spock. Me too. Um, I mean, I think he's playing him well, and mm-hmm. I, I know that they're trying to do like, but Spock between the cage and the Spock that we know, so right. he's going to be a bit more emotional. And they did have that thing at the end of season one where he like let his emotions out, right. and when he was fighting the Gorn, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I, I'm not angered by it or anything like that. It's just not the Spock that I prefer. Yeah, I but like I think that they're following up on that that happened and they're not just yeah. ignoring it. Yeah. So consequences. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they're showing how Spock comes to be the Spock that we think of. Right. You know, and, and I'm I'm okay with that. I mean, not everybody is the same that they always are, you know. Everybody goes through those things. And it's interesting. It was always interesting in the original series that when you saw those moments of him struggling between humanity and volcanity, I'm going to say. <laughs> um, and, and we're just seeing more of that here because he's younger and he's less experienced. And, and I, I I'm okay with it. Mm. I don't want them to dwell too much on it. I don't want to be like super emotional Spock. I don't want that. But I do, I do like seeing those steps that he's taking. I think I'm in the middle because I agree with um, I agree with um, what you said about they didn't just drop it because I think that's that's one thing that sometimes Trek used to do. So I do think it having the consequences. And I remember an episode this is not a spoiler, really, but an episode of Enterprise for various reasons to Paul have been struggling with her emotional control. And there is an episode where um, the captain goes in her quarters and she's meditating 
And he said for the first time, he understood why. And he says, you, you, you meditate. And she said, well, cons- we must meditate every single day. And for the first time, he's, you know, he said, I understood why. So I kind of like that. I can get if he lost his emotional curl on that level. Yeah, he's going to have to get it back. And it may not be as easy as you know, we, we think it might be. So I'm okay with that. But at the same time, like you said, Charles, I don't want it to go on and on. I'm not yeah. too, I'm not loving the potential love thing with Nurse Chapel. I thought the tears in his eyes toward the end was a little much. Uh, you know, yeah. I, 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 this is what you expect from this group of writers. Well, I don't yeah, think well, it's this group of writers necessarily. I think that's the way modern television operates. Well, that's true. That's actually true because yeah. uh, it was so funny. I was watching. It was so funny. I was watching Strange New Worlds, not just watch some original series, especially because what we had done recently. And I did, and I realized they actually talk faster now than they even did in the original series because um, I was watching the last episode, which is basically a recreation of Balance of Terror from the original mm-hmm. series. And I realized that not only did the scenes play faster, but they actually speak faster. Like everything sped up for more action. So you're right. It's just the modern television is very different from old mm-hmm. television. Yeah. Well, it's been half a century. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Change. I mean, what gets me like people in the original series, like if Spock were to smile and people would be like, who Spock smile. Like, yeah. You should right. have been here six or seven years ago when he was crying and screaming in the hallways. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's funny. Um, let me get a let me get a couple of things from Dan. First, Good he point. says, with Vulcan age limit being hundreds of years, I'm surprised that Ortegas is surprised that Pelia is over a hundred. But I I agree with that. But at the same time, um, you know, we don't know that she's any more familiar with Vulcans than having just been on the ship with Spock for a year. Mm-hmm. So that also, might not be part of her, like you know, ingrained in her head. So he's talking about Carol Kane's character. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I thought at the, at the moment, didn't she just think she was a human? So I think she just thought, mm-hmm. wow, you're hundred years old. So I think that was her. Right. Thought, was you're exactly. hundred years old, you know, and still in the service. Cause even by then humans are living like 120 or so, but she's probably thinking, wow, you're not retired. Yeah. Right. I think that was what that was. That's a, also, it's just a surprising thing to drop into a conversation. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. Um, and he has a question for us. Akiva Goldsman has said he thinks it would be cool if Strange New Worlds got to the point where chronologically they were literally brushing up against TOS episodes with the two shows overlapping. Is that something that we would like to see? Not they not if they're in the Enterprise. That. Yeah, they can't do that. If they can't do that. I well, mean, they they can. They can do whatever yeah. they want to do. Yeah. <laughs> they own yeah. Star Trek. But Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but if go ahead. I mean, you, they could do episodes on their enterprise and say that this one's between the man trap and the corpmite maneuver or whatever, or the man trap and I mud or whatever. And, or not mud's women, I mean. But <laughs> but they they wouldn't it wouldn't look the same and it wouldn't be the same show. You know what I mean? Right. Which Agreed. I think is enough of a struggle for I mean, Star Trek. A lot of things, a lot of Star Trek fans take the canon literally. Like that's mm-hmm. what the Enterprise looked like. That's how the characters acted. Right. And some yeah. fans think that, oh, this is just a dramatization of the logs and you can, ha- you can play around with it and have, and there's different points mm-hmm. of view on it. I think for people right. who look at it more literally, then that'd be very jarring. It's jarring enough being seven years before the original series and it looks very different and people act very different. But if yeah. it was, mm-hmm. if it was supposed to be like next week, you know, Plato's stepchildren happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that would be strange. <laughs> New world. Sorry. 
you said strange. I, I see what you did there. Yeah, it was dumb. I shouldn't have done it. Okay. Um, Jay Deuce or Jay Ducey, I'm not sure which, says, hey, I think, oh, you know Jay? No. Just oh, hey, you're Jay. just saying hi to Jay. Hi, Jay. Hey, yeah. Hey, Jay. Welcome, Jay. <laughs> I think the reason why there is the Chapel Spock love is because of how she was before they mentioned Roger back on TOS. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're seeing the history of that relationship. And they alluded or, to that in this one. Yeah. You know, the, with the archaeological um, yes. medicine thing that she was talking about going to do, because that was Roger Corby's thing. Like Spock called him the pastor of archaeological medicine and said he used to be a professor. Mm-hmm. And so presumably that's where she would meet Roger Corby. Yeah. And he might get so, I mean, She might go away for two months and come back engaged. And that would... Um, complicated things with Spock. I would, man, I would love that. It would be great if that's where they sort of ended this season with her going off to do that. And then mm-hmm. next season, pick up with her coming back a changed yeah. person, right? New experiences, a new relationship yeah, an engagement and how that changes her dynamic with the, you know, I, I think that'd be really neat. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that reminds me of something, you know, when we were watching the trailer and we were sort of picking the trailer apart, there's those scenes where it looks like she and Mbenga are like in this deep embrace and they might be kissing or whatever. And <laughs> you and you know that they do that to, you know, that right. isolated moment because they're taking it out of context and they're mm-hmm. wanting to lead you somewhere. And now we find out this because they're going to like jump into space unprotected. And <laughs> yeah. You know, and he's going to use his little backpack to steer them wherever they need to go. So it's just funny the way that trailers are manipulative. Yeah. <laughs> See, Kirk might not even be in it, Keith. You might. <laughs> <laughs> so he's Why not going to get stuck in a he's not going to get stuck in a door in a department store, right? <laughs> yeah, you never you never know. <laughs> I actually thought that scene was actually pretty good, and I agree with you, Alan, because I saw them, and I even even in the show, I kind of wonder if they're going to kiss, and I remember that as absolutely one of the scenes from the trailers. Uh, yeah. I thought that was cool. I like the relationship between Chapel and Mabinga. I like them yeah. as almost as some kind of war buddies or something like that. It's right. kind of like it's kind of like Mal and I forget her name from Firefly. And I should not forget her name. Uh, Gina Torres's character. Zoe, yeah. yeah. And I like that they've been through the trenches together and that whatever, again, whatever they've experienced, she's really concerned about him. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. very curious about what happened. Um, right. Of course, you know, he made that bitter comment about um, – the war with the Klingons that cost, God, he said a hundred million lives or something like that. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. So uh, I think he's dealing with some serious PTSD. Mm-hmm. All right. Jay just dropped some hardcore truth on me. That's blowing my mind. So let's put it up here. Um, Jay says, feel free to speak on this at the end, but did anyone else catch that the planet at the very end is the same planet that the albino is hiding in the DS9 episode, Blood Oath? Dude, no. 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 <laughs> so you talking about the planet at the very end, like on the map? Like when the, when the Gorn ship's coming in? I, 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 I don't like think Jay's answer. able to respond in real <laughs> <Right>. time. So. <laughs> I'm guessing at the very end, maybe that's what he's talking about. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And if so, no, I didn't catch that. No, oh, me either. And and Jay says, yes, that is hey, correct. No. That's so that. interesting. Good catch. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. wow. Holy cow, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of discovery. To, oh, Dan says, yes, it's on the map. Uh, but I was going to say there's a lot of ties to discovery in this episode. Um, the Klingon War. Yeah. And they even had flashbacks to Discovery in the previously on 
Mm. But then they were using the Discovery sets for the interior of that ship. Uh, it was a redress of the Discovery sets. Oh. Yeah, um, I thought so. And even like, um, it looks like Laon was wearing either the same costume or a very similar costume to the one that Georgiou was wearing when she was undercover uh, on Kronos. Or not, I get, was it Kronos? I can't remember. On the Klingon planet she was on in the beginning of season mm-hmm. two. Uh, mm-hmm. With the big hood, you know? Oh, yeah, that's right. I just thought it was interesting and, and tying into the Klingon war, which I think makes sense. I, I, I like that they're alluding back to the things, because that's only a few years ago in universe, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Right. And I know that Strange New Worlds needs to be its own show, but it sat right between Discovery and TOS, which yes. are very different shows. You it, know, it, it does need to be its own show, but it also needs to be a part of that continuity. Right. And I like it if they're going to refer back to something that in their time just happened a few years ago. I, and, you know, there is that involvement slash no involvement at all for right. Pike. Yeah, you know that kind of sat heavily on him. Yeah, mm-hmm. in well, discovery and, and for the world. I mean, if they went through you know this hundred million people dead situation yeah. just a few years ago, that would still be in people's psyches and on people's minds. I don't want to talk about it every week, but it is useful to sort of refer back to that. And I like yeah. that the, they're they're in a very sort of original series sort of Cold War situation with the Klingons now, where yeah. they have complicated, you know treaties and one wrong step and we could be going to war i like that th- that felt very true to the, that time frame i agree you know, i really enjoyed you know, that sorry go ahead keith yeah i was gonna say and picking back in what you're saying charles um i read you know years ago one of the things if you look at all the series throughout time that even if you go jump over to the kelvin verse with star trek beyond is star trek the federation and starfleet go through these periods where they think things are okay and then they get traumatized again because i read decades ago that you know everybody talks about how kirk and the people his his generation were cowboys but what had happened was because of the stuff with the klingons and because of the the huge number of losses of starships at that time starfleet intentionally looked for people like kirk to be captains they wanted someone with a little bit more of that quote-unquote cowboy mentality right and because they felt that was the kind of captain you needed to survive that world the world of post klingons and so forth and then once they thought they had peace they started looking for captains like picard who was much more of a diplomat. And so you go through these yeah, cycles, sure. and I guess it's, you know, it's like that in our real world, you know? So I, I, I kind of like that, um, that, you know, they, they thought Pike was the best to, they thought Pike was one of the best, so they wanted to preserve him. They wanted to keep him behind. Um, even though, like you said, that weighs heavily on him because he said it took a toll on his whole crew to know they missed that war. Mm. On that point, and I don't want to go too far down that road, but on that point, <laughs> I, I think that it's interesting to watch the entirety of DS nine, because there are times when Cisco yeah. doesn't quite seem like he really fits the job that he's been given. Yes. Until that war breaks out. And then yes. you get like full on Cisco mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it, it's glorious. Exactly. Um, Dan says that Celia Rose Gooding loved her away costume in this episode because she kept snacks in the pouch on her belt. <laughs> And that's funny because a hundred thousand years ago in season three of Dr. Who in the Dalek master plan, um, the character, uh, uh, Sarah kingdom, um, she, it was the same thing. She had this costume where she's like a space police kind of thing. And it had a belt and it had like a pouch on the belt and it was only there for a show. It didn't do anything. And she would keep sandwiches in it. <laughs> that's awesome. 
That's okay. pretty wild. I love those kind of behind the scenes stories. Terry uh, Farrell told one, they were asking her what it was like making DS9, and she was like, it was really hot, and they had to set up a fan. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like, for them to like going to work, you know? Yeah. Right. Really? Okay. Yeah. Dan asks, would you have liked Pike to have been more in this season premiere? Yes. No. No. Okay. Yeah. I, I was not, not I, in the story. Yeah. I was fine with it. I, 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 I like anything that just different and throws me off a little bit. So I was fine watching the uh, second, the other cast. I was absolutely fine with it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I am too. I just, it just seems more like that should have been episode two and Pike should have been episode one. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they shouldn't have divided the two as early as they did. Maybe mm-hmm. midway through the episode or something. It just seems like a mid-season episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah, know? that's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they sort of wrote themselves into that corner, though, because it looks like next week's going to be a trial episode. And like I was right. saying on, when we were talking about the trailer, like I'd be surprised if they kicked off the season with a trial. When yeah. it's just people standing around in a courtroom. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's action punchy. <laughs> that is right. true. This is a way to have Fight a big team. action episode yeah. and 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 a returning, you know, quote unquote villain, you know, alien race, we'll say. And, you know, to set up a mystery that's going to play out through season two mm-hmm. with this, uh, all this stuff that they're going on. So, yeah, I mean, I can see exactly why they did it. It just seems like a weird thing to split your crew in the first five minutes. Right. And send your, your top dog off yeah. to not do anything. It says a Very lot about weird. that. The the rest of the cast though, that they, they can, they're, they're comfortable having the season premiere without, yeah. I mean, arguably the two biggest actors on the show uh, yeah. before Carol Kane got there, but you know, the, the two leads that they're letting everyone else carry the show. Mm-hmm. And I thought it worked in that respect. And, I was, you know, I thought of it as we're watching this episode. Like they really do feel like the crew of the Enterprise. They which, do. Yes. Yeah. It's 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 big. And you know, last year we were saying things like we we need more Ortegas. Mm-hmm. And oh oh oh, what's her name? Mitchell on the mm-hmm. bridge. Mitchell. Yeah. She Mitchell. got significant stuff to do this week, and I was really surprised that she was in like a, a ready room meeting and that she like did her own little part of the plan. You know, where she goes into I I thought it was so great that she was integrated that way. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I wouldn't have guessed that she'd have had more scenes than Anson Mount in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) So what the heck happened to what's his name Um, in in Transporter last year where we saw him like half a season? I think that he got a better gig on the Vampire Academy. That's right. So I think he got a a more substantial role on a show. That's, I mean, good for him, but that's disappointing because I really liked him. Mm-hmm. But now we have a new guy, new person in right. in right. transport. Yep. So uh, Noah, Jay. I can't remember Jay. his last name. <laughs> Their last name. Right. Sorry. I will never get that right. I'm so sorry. Well, we'll we'll all correct each other. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. So the the act the character was was it was it what they called the character something J J yeah it was Jay. J yeah Chief, 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 Chief J yeah Chief J yeah yep. Chief yeah, yeah. They look like they're 12 years old. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what is this youngin doing, you know, running the transporter room? Yeah. But, but uh the, that's appropriate. The, the actor is actually 32 years old. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> I know. Wow. Definitely right. looks young. Yeah. What did y'all think about the Star Trek Undiscovered Country plot? Kind of sorta. 
the yeah. you know get, get together the start of war so they could sell dilithium which is out of um mm-hmm. um journey to babel <laughs> or babel you know with the uh, orions yeah um we i know sometimes people complain that start the new star trek is nothing but universe threatening plots this was not a universe threatening plot yeah. um i kind well i guess the way the klingons are i was kind of wondering can one ship in one incident start a war Yes, maybe. I guess they can with the Klingons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what did y'all think about that plot? No, I thought it was fine. I mean, it's you're right. It's reminiscent of some things we've seen on Star Trek before. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you're you're dealing with very familiar species, and I mean, this is a few years before the original series, so it, it makes sense that similar things would be happening. You know, mm-hmm. they don't want to go to war with the Klingons, which is how we started Errand of Mercy as well. As Kirk saying, you know, yeah. we don't want to go to war with the Klingons, but now we've got a different backstory for it where we're seeing why they don't want to go to war with the Klingons. They just came out of a war with Klingons. Right. Jay chimes in by saying, can one ship start a war? The Vulcan hello says yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, assassinating one, for, one Archduke can, you know, start the dominoes going, you know? Right. Yeah. And then the one that started the Spanish American war, which people think we, we was our own fault, but we used it. Ted Roosevelt used it. <laughs> and others said, Hey, use that as an excuse. So I guess that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dan says the rebels uh, are called the broken circle. Maybe a callback to the circle from DS nine. That's exactly what it reminded me of. Me too. Yeah, me too. I would have been like, let's call it the broken square. Just so it doesn't sound like DS (laughs) nine. Right. And you know, when it it gets me a cool name like that, they're going to have to come back at some point in time in some shape, form, fashion. Oh yeah. We have not heard the last of that. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm, I'm sure of that because yeah. that's right. a plot that's just brewing with a with a renegade faction of Klingons and come on they're going to do something with that yeah. right maybe they're transitioning they're like this is going to be like season two is going to be the the Gorn year and they're going to transition out of that and into a new Klingon plot for season three yeah to borrow yeah. to borrow a term from Doctor Who I wonder if we're going to start calling Mubinga the War Doctor because <laughs> the man even knows how to redo a transponder which I know from real life is like it's supposed to be damn near impossible and I think in I, I want to say in the sci-fi series The Expanse if you even try to redo a, a, a transponder on a ship it would blow up on you because it's such a big deal I mean so that, that makes sense pretty good yeah right right mm-hmm. that makes sense See? you would think you'd protect that stuff yeah. Yes. He's got some skills. He's he's yeah. definitely seen some stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, they, they were uh, going back to something Dan had mentioned in the comments earlier. They they mm-hmm. referred to the ship as a crossfield class. Yeah. Right. Which it's not. Oh, it's not? No. The crossfield class is Discovery. Discovery is a crossfield class ship. <laughs> the ship did not look anything like a crossfield class ship. Well, but it was one character making a guess, right? Yeah. Her guess was way off. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I well, kind of was. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say I, I kind of sort of felt sorry for the broken circle because how the hell long does it take to build a whole starship with warp engines underground? They blew it up like in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh man, I've been working on that thing for months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but if I mean, obviously you're a crap organization if you use the word broken in your name. I mean, that's not setting yourself up for success. Come on. That's true. (laughs) What do we think about getting an origin story for Spock's Vulcan harp? It's okay. 
I'm going to say this. Um, I am the guy who complains about unnecessary connections. Like this has to be connected to this. This yeah. one didn't bother me that much. It didn't bother me too much. Um, although I always assume that the whole thing about Vulcans, Vulcans are like warrior monks. They're like our, our um, generalization of Shaolin monks where you know, they're incredible warriors and incredible philosophers. So I assume that all Vulcans play instruments because it's what they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was a little surprised that somebody had to give that to him, but it didn't bother. I, I was surprised he had it back there. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I was like, <laughs> have this like Vulcan loot sitting like in a closet. In <laughs> can the, you yeah. see that scene? In, can you see that scene in Lower Decks? You go back there. He's got all kinds of crap from all kinds of alien <laughs> races. <laughs> he's got like batlets back there, you know, stuff to hand out. I did yeah. chuckle with exactly that. Exactly what would be in yeah. Lower Decks. The weird thing to me was that we've already seen his. It, we've already seen it like in hanging in his quarters on discovery and on strange new worlds. Like it's been mm-hmm. in the background. So I don't, maybe he was tuning it for him. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I did think it was interesting in the way that it played into the emotional Spock storyline. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but I also with the little detail about all vocal, all Vulcans study music for the mathematical principles. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so interesting mm-hmm. because, yeah. you know, we think of music in a certain way and it's obviously very different than the way that Vulcans think of it. And I think that's, I think that's fascinating. I you know, like it, it brings me, well, I'm sorry. I like that touch. Yeah. It mm-hmm. brings me back to Bach who was a brilliant composer, but he was a mathematician as far as music goes, because he would, write fugues that play a certain way one way you flip the page over it plays exactly the same way it's it's a perfect palindrome and he was just a genius when it came to basically the mathematical structure of music Mm. so i love the fact that that's incorporated into the vulcan mindset yeah yeah i like that's a good idea like an alien space an alien race can meet us and be like wait you listen to music for fun right (laughs) It's, it, it fascinated me in the same way that it did when on DS9 when Wei Yun was like, we were not built with a sense of aesthetics, so I have no idea how to judge a, a drawing or a piece of art or a piece of music. Like, I can't comprehend what that is like. Yeah. And I just thought that was a fascinating detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was cool. And yeah, I didn't hate it or anything like that. I thought there were mm-hmm. some silly things about it, but basically like reach under his desk and like, well, have you tried playing this? Like, what are you, what else you got back there? Yeah, that was funny. Well, he, he had a stash there just in case he needed it. Mm. That's that's what I think. He knew what Spock was going through and was eventually going to come to him. He's been telling people for years, like this is going to come in handy. Just you wait. Yeah. One thing I noticed, and I guess it's because we're talking about how the the crew is becoming more familiar with each other is La'an has definitely loosened up as a character. Mm-hmm. When she first came on, she was so uptight originally, and she still has that in her. But and also, I think we're helping with the little girl with the whole thing and her parents also. Mm-hmm. But but she's kind of a different character from she was in the first season. I kind of I don't like to see growth like that in a character. It it could you know it could I, I agree with that, but it also could simply be that she's not on duty, and yeah. she may mm-hmm. adopt mm-hmm. that mindset again when she puts the uniform back mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. now I am the serious, disciplined uptight person that i'm supposed to be yeah, yeah security know. yeah but it's good to see a different side to her which is nice mm-hmm. agreed I-, I like that jay says charles i think it was an og crossfield class since it since if you look at the nimitz class aircraft carrier they look different completely different from 
the first ones used in 1975 to the last ones launched in 2009. Wow. Uh, okay. I mean, maybe. I, it, it looks pretty different. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what components are left. Right. Jay, welcome aboard, brother. You got, right, you got, I know, you right? got, you got knowledge of ships and battleships yeah. and stuff like that. This will be interesting. <laughs> Right, bringing out the aircraft carrier knowledge. <laughs> right, I'm loving it. Yeah, yes. Uh, Dan awesome. says Vulcan comprehension of music is reminding me of first contact when they're alarmed by Cochran playing his rock and roll. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe they were doing the math of it. Yeah, <laughs> they they're looked. like, "What math is this? <laughs> right. Why are you doing this math? This math is weird." <laughs> And our Facebook user wonders if it's the same loot that we saw in TOS. I'm I sure that's so. the imp that's the implication, right? Um, yeah, we'll have to see if it's you know, like one gets damaged and he replaces it at some point, or he gives it as a ceremonial gift to a diplomat or something, and then has to replace it. I don't know. We'll have to see, but I'm certain that that's what they're sort of hint leading you to believe, right? Yeah. So, the, so in the future, you can see scenes. He's going back to the doctor. Going, look, I need another one. <laughs> he goes back. Can you write me a new prescri prescription for a loot? <laughs> he comes out with a banjo oh, the next time, and then an organ. <laughs> oh man, this is such lower deck stuff. It would fit. Oh yeah, this is so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, it could absolutely fit. Uh, I. I. Charles, I think you said something very interesting, like we were saying about the whole thing, like it was kind of silly, but it didn't bother me. Um, Spock being a little emotional, I leaned a little bit toward not liking it, but at the same time, he, as, as you said, Veronica said, he should be because we don't just want to brush over the fact that he broke his, his logical control. And I found it was very interesting in there. At one point, they said that we all know Vulcans don't lie. Well, we all know that's not, a tr that's not the truth. <laughs> and so I kind of like that because the Vulcans, they craft a very careful image of themselves. You know, right? the Vulcans encourage people to believe they, they could not lie. They lie all the dang time. And, they, and I think they encourage people to think that they really don't of have a Of course they well. do. Yeah, they're more jacked up than Klingons when it comes to controlling emotions. So I do like that. Yeah. Excellent. What do we think about the Klingons? I know, Alan, you had talked about from the trailer, you were a little worried that the Klingons were going to be too uniform looking. Yeah, and they weren't. No. <laughs> they they didn't have a very, you know, quote unquote, traditional look as far right. as like what we expect from um, Next Gen and, and the 24th century shows. But I liked them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think one of the problems that the modern shows have is that when they're doing aliens of a different complexion they tend to use makeup that's really thick and kind of like has a shiny like mm -hmm. a sheen to it like the the andorians on disco always look kind of plasticky because mm -hmm. they they didn't look like skin tones they look like yeah someone had painted somebody else's face yeah. and and i kind of got that sense from these klingons as well but at the same time i thought some of the ridge patterns were cool and some of the the way that they wore their hair and the way that some of the hair like integrated into the the ridge patterns, I thought was really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I really like that first guy that was doing the Raiders of the Lost Ark scene with Laon. <laughs> um, I thought he was really good as a Klingon, a very expressive guy working through the makeup. I thought I, he had a small role, but I yeah, that guy struck me from the fir that, that first scene he was in. Yeah, agreed. And I read that. Um, Saru's sister was that lady Klingon, the one that no was way to on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's cool. I did, I wouldn't recognize her on my own. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same here. I'd have been like, hey, Jamie Lee Curtis. Nope, not her. 
I'm not always good at that kind of thing. Dan says, familiarity with the uh, Discovery slash Crossfield class by an alien species seems kind of a callback to the Kylie species in the series premiere. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me, the character I was trying to think of earlier was Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, for the, the transporter chief? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah right. I like I Kyle, but I think Chief J is going to be just as good. Oh yeah, sure. I'm I'm sure that's gonna be great. Okay, Jay says my headcanon for them is that the comparisons to the Klingons of Discovery compared to TOS to the TNG DS9 is all from where the Klingon Empire they came from and even what part of Kronos they come from. Yeah, I mean I totally agree with that. Sure. I totally see that. As being a thing. <laughs> Charles, you know, it's, it's funny. Is sure. <laughs> I mean, well, it makes as much sense as any other theory. It's, it's, it's always funny when you see a shuttle craft land on a planet and they look around and they, they're like, oh, this is a this is a forest planet. No, you're standing in a forest on a big planet that has lots of different terrains. Yeah. You, you don't have a forest planet or a desert planet. Right. And, you know, it's just so you're not going to see a Klingon and think every Klingon looks exactly like that because Klingons from different regions. And we kind of saw that in first season of Picard with the Romulans. They had all these different looks of Romulans, and it depended on where they came from. Mm -hmm. And I, I, that's that's the exact right approach to these kind of things. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't mind that each show basically has mm -hmm. their version. Like, even between DS9 and TNG, there was differences in the way the Klingons looked. And they the hair was different, and the makeup changed over time. I mean, I, yeah. I don't have any problem with each of these different shows doing their own interpretation of yeah. the yeah. aliens. I don't mind if the Andorians on Discovery look different from the ones from Picard. You know, I... I don't get real worked up about that. Um, I didn't, I, I don't even really mind the, the discovery Klingons, the season one ones that everybody seems to have hated. They were, I didn't either sort of extreme looking, yeah. but you know, I thought they were cool. Yeah. I, I do like a, in this one that they're, um, they're swerving a little more into the TOS aesthetic with the gold armor and things like that. I think that works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it was I, also I, I, not, sorry, go ahead. Island. No. Apologize. No, uh, it was also nice to see what we always call the Klingon battle cruiser show up. Mm -hmm. That was kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that this episode was good. You know, like I said, it wasn't a mind blowing episode. I think that mm -hmm. the, the first season premiere, I think is a better episode, but I thought this one was good. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, I had my criticisms, but you know, yeah. off we go. Yeah. Right on. I'm, I'm ready to see what's coming this season. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I was, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that the whole thing with Spock and his emotions isn't handled. Isn't too much. Um, Gorn, I'm just gonna have to get used to it. I literally groaned when they said the Gorn, cause I was so intrigued. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. What's this new race that we're, oh God, it's a Gorn. So <laughs> I just had well, to deal with it. You knew I mean, we're not going to have a war. Coming back. Yeah. 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 I didn't know it was going to come back. I didn't know they're going to be this big of a deal. Cause I thought, Oh my goodness. Um, I always, it's always intriguing because you remember the Cardassians were introduced completely new race with whom the Federation had had a war. I love it when they do stuff like that. Sure. Sure. Um, I just didn't yeah. know if it was going to be the Gorn, but it could be intriguing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, speaking of the Cardassians though, it's worth pointing out too, that the Cardassians looked very different from the Cardassians. We later became familiar with. Yeah. So that's true. 
even yeah, though I'm always I'm always belly aching about the Gorn looking different. I mean, it's not the first time this has happened. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Dan has already pointed out, Michael Westmore has said that the geographic source accounts for the differences between Odan, which, who appeared in Next Generation, and later Trills. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it totally makes sense that A has happened many times. And, you know, even from the original series to the movies, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, I, I personally feel like they never actually needed to give an explanation for why Klingons look different. One funny line in a DS9 episode is all you needed. <laughs> right. That's all. Just leave it at that. Yeah. I agree with you there. All right. Well, we're coming up on the end. Um, anybody have any closing thoughts about it before we close this thing out? I do think like Michael Phillips said, I think the word is solid. It wasn't, it wasn't fantastic, but it also wasn't mm-hmm. bad. And and many times you, the things can come back and you go, Ooh, that wasn't that good. And they also didn't try to, you know, they didn't try to do the second season thing or second or s- sequel thing. Sometimes when people try to go over the top, you know, more and more this and that it was, a, yeah. it was a self-assured show. And I, and I, I like that just a self-assured yeah. premiere. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to get, we're going to call this the question of the week. Awesome. This is one that Jay just posted. He's, Jay says, if there is any surprise species from later track, is there any one species that you would want to see? And I'm going to say on this show or lower decks or whatever, but on this show specifically. Um, that's a um, good question. Just any species we've already seen, but you want to see them featured here? Is that the question? Yeah. yeah. If yeah, they were going to do it, which, who would you want to do? I'll Tholians. say Kazenti. Oh, yes. good one. Tholians is good, yeah. too. I love the Tholians. I love everything yeah. about the first mm-hmm. introduction of the Tholians. Even that crazy kind of uh, you know cartoon-looking background, the voices, um, the renowned Tholian punctuality. I The Tholians, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Jay is uh, uh, also saying like a first contact, so it doesn't yeah. have to be an enemy. Okay. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna say I really want to see the introduction of and the establishment of a relationship with the Beta Z plan. Oh, yeah, that'd be. Good. I would be love cool. to see how the Betazoids come into the Federation and and are first encountered and what Starfleet's you know first impression is of a truly telepathic species and yeah. are they wary of them? Are they nervous to be around them? Do they trust them? They don't. Well, that's a good. That's a good question because how would you because you have to you have to really think about telepaths around your security your secure systems your everything um, right everything yeah that's a tough one did you have one Veronica I did not I really like Alan's beta side okay oh yeah thanks and I'll throw in too that I'd even love to see like early Cardassians before they went because yeah. they were supposed to have been a very different species and more peaceful and artistic. Before yes. they had like this natural resource situation and sort of the fascists took over. Yeah. And that would be an interesting story that would that would be that would tie in well with some of our current politics, you know. Yeah. But, but now that you've said Kazenti, that's all I want. <laughs> right. Like that just and this is this show could make it happen and make it look great. Oh yeah. Oh, now now I'm crazy about that idea. <laughs> All right. Okay. Can I do one more? One last comment. Sure. Dan says, I wish it could, would have been someone other than Chapel and and Bingo who were jeopardized in this episode because due to TOS, we already know they both survive. Well, that's true, but you know, it's, that's true. 
Yeah. But you I mean, don't you don't think they're going to kill somebody off in the first episode anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, mo- most of the time, I'm not genuinely concerned that a, a Star Trek character is going to die. Never. You know, but that really only happens when it's a contractual dispute. <laughs> you know, right. And you've pretty much heard already that they're leaving the show. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of the problem you have when you have uh, characters that are all in TOS and so forth. Then yeah. you already have an idea of what their fates are going to be like Ortegas. We don't know. Maybe she could die. Exactly. You know? yeah. Exactly. They better I, am, I am curious to see how they're going to handle the trial with Una. Cause again, watching last series, I had forgotten that not only is she genetically injured and obviously she had to hide it, but she mentioned a point that, she lied on her Starfleet entrance. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of sort of supposed to be the kiss of death for a career. So I'm very interested in how they're going to get out of this. Right. I mean, surface record is going to, yeah, service record is going to play on, play into it. You know, she yeah. has an exemplary service record, so that's going right. to weigh in her favor and she'll have people who were speak on her behalf. But, you know, I think that, I think that, trial settings can be really engaging Mm -hmm. and I can't wait. I mean, I hope they spend a whole episode on the trial. I'm just going to say it. I don't need an action episode. I just want, Oh yeah. I I just think it would be fascinating to see the Starfleet judicial system at work. Yeah. And I hope that they're challenging Starfleet on their own bigotry because that's really the point of it. It's like one of, you know, the Federation's, remaining bigotries it's against genetically enhanced people right well spoilers y'all for ds9 listening but you know what's funny is we know all the way up to ds9 they still have this thing against genetically engineered people so wouldn't it be funny that that's the whole thing like there's a whole there's a whole docket of genetically engineered people waiting for trial and every (laughs) single one of them has to prove they're worth it over and over and over but I, I'm I'm wanting. I mean, I really do want to see that, and I want I'm I want uh, whatever episode happens in presumably next week. That could be our next measure of a man or mm-hmm. drumhead. You know, yeah. there's so much potential there. Yeah. So I I can't wait to see what they do with it. Yeah. yeah. And I, whoever yeah. this character is, they went to find. I hope she's interesting. Um, like I, you always think of like the Samuel T. Coakley or that Klingon lawyer. Yes. You know, I, I want someone like yes. that. You know. I literally keep thinking about a female version of him, Charles. That's all I can do is like some some lady going, "What's the matter? You don't like books?" <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. So, Keith, where can people find more of you? Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, primarily the ESO Network Facebook groups, and of course on our own Earth Station track. Why well, recently was awarded top contributor? <laughs> Congratulations! Thanks. I had to laugh when I got that. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you, Alan? Well, I have another podcast called Modern Musicology. We just released our uh, uh, first of a two-parter on the music of 1983, and it is a really good episode. Part two comes out this coming Monday, and it is equally good. And um, I also have a Doctor Who podcast. It's called Doctor Who A to Z. And that stands for Doctor Who Auton to Zygon. You awesome. could spend why not? Hours, I was thinking you could spend hours talking about music in '83 and music now, and dude. That's why we had to make that? it a two-part episode yes. because there is so much stuff that yes. came out in 1983, and oh, yeah. every album that came out, like for the just for the first the first episode was like an hour and a half because there is so much stuff just in the first six months. Absolutely. Oh my god, so much to talk about. So everybody hey. should go listen to that episode. Hell, you still had groups like Loverboy and ELO putting out stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
I don't think I don't think Loverboy was quite that early. Eighty-three. No, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Veronica, where can people find more of you two? Feltnerdy.com. Yep. And if you're in the Atlanta area, come see us this Saturday, the 17th at the Sandy Springs Library. That's my uh, library. At, cool. That's right. At three o'clock. And then, uh, or you could see us, I think it's Ju- July 22nd, which is a Saturday. Uh, we'll be at the Sinful Variety Show doing an adult themed routine. It's a, that's a show where there's burlesque and drag and we're bringing puppets and that'll be a lot of fun. Don't and get the two mixed up. Yeah. The wires cross, folks. That's right. <laughs> uh, and then we're, we're in the midst of, uh, confirming a lot of things with Dragon Con, and we've got we should have several shows going on at Dragon Con that we'll talk more about soon. But we're nice. uh, about to get right into Dragon Con season. We're gonna be in the dead heat, getting ready for Dragon Con. Nice three months. And where else can people and find where it? else monkeying around a podcast about the monkeys? That's right. And do you have a closing for us this week? No, nay. <laughs> Perfect. Nice. Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.